Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, ready, bird. Very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Come on, an unbeliever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael Lagaris, everybody. Yo! What's up? Coming in strong. Coming in strong from the Lone Star State. Of course, everyone, in studio, to the right of me, my confidant, the number one NFL analyst in the podcasting game today. You know him. You love him. The majestic beast, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Cronk, everybody. How's everybody feeling tonight? Hopefully uh, you're doing good. Hold on real quick. Did I not just hit a home run on your intro? Oh, no, that was a good one. Yeah, that was like awesome. one of the all-time Michael Buffer <laughs> Wookiee intros. Coming in strong. Playoff games. Amazing again. Yep. Tremendous tremendous playoff games again. And <laughs> what I had to do, guys, was after last week's showing, when I went 1-3, and three, I had to dust myself off, okay? I had to dust myself off last week, step up to the plate, Go three and one. Yeah, that was big. While my confidants went one and three, yeah, go ahead and take a little lead there in the playoff game battle. No, guys, no big deal. No, not a. Not, I'm, I'm bringing it up right away. Not a big deal. Okay, guys, <laughs> not the main focus of the oh, show. Man. But hey, playoff games are great. Before we get into that, though, Michael sent me an article, and you know, Michael is Michael Agaris, this guy. Yeah. Anything, any media, any story, any tweet. If you put something out there, yeah. That's about the Patriots and they're cheating. Mike is on. It's on, it's on his radar. My, I think he has an app or it's something. On his radar. But this is from Sports Illustrated, so it's legit. Right. But Mike, let everybody know because I do agree with what this article was about. How MLB went about punishing the Astros who cheated right. and won a World Series probably because of it, yep. as opposed to what the NFL did when it came to the Patriots. Mike, let everyone know what this article was about on SI.com because this was really, really good. Hats off to Rob Manford. He actually did something right. People cheating the game were punished, punished severely, and justice was served correctly. Hats off to Major League Baseball. And you know what? Guys like Barry Bonds, like we talked about, guys like Roger Clemens, like we talked about, guys like Alex Rodriguez, these guys will never see the Hall of Fame because they cheated the game or supposedly cheated the game enough suspicion to not warrant them to be in the great hall but the nfl on the other hand is a much different different story here we are 12 years later the patriots are still involved in similar type of illegal tactics right but when bill belichick was fined for cheating the game of football they were fined five hundred thousand dollars two hundred fifty thousand um were docked to the team 2008 first round pick was taken away the 
tapes were confiscated and the NFL tried to destroy some of the evidence. But Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are still on Mount Rushmore. Goes to show you how society and how uh, certain organizations treat those who play and who decide to cheat the game. Oh, well, you know, they make us money. They're more driven. But Major League Baseball, I think that steroid scandal dropped them so hard in the 90s where their, their sport was actually... Would you agree, Keith, that it was... I don't know if it was on life support, but... It was hurt in the early 2000s. Remember that? It yeah, was hurt. because you know why? Dude, because the game had hit such a... It hit this awesome peak with McGuire and Sosa and all these guys hitting bombs. Yeah. Um, before, you know, that bubble got burst and bonds and all these different guys got caught out there for what they were. It was such a deflating era for baseball because all of a sudden all those dudes... They got labeled as the steroid era guys. Yep. Like a guy like Mike Piazza, who never failed a drug test and was just a normal dude, and pretty much was just, what the hell do I know who what who anyone did anything, oh, right? of course. And I could be biased as a Mets fan, but just always like looked the same. Yep. And then he, just because he played during that era, all these guys were like, oh, it was a steroid era guy. So even dudes who yep. weren't doing anything got the suspicion thrown on them. So it's a black eye on the league. Right. And I think MLB has done, a, uh, you know, they've always done, at least they've, at least try to make their public image be that the game is very, very supposed to be, you know, put up on a high pedestal. Right. Treated as, you know, one of the ultimate contests, the American pastime. Pete Rose, obviously, you know what his, we know Wookiees, yeah. and we can ask Wookiee, because Wookiee I, doesn't have an opinion on the Pete Rose situation, I, I, too. I, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a minute, because Wookiee, I'll let Wookiee go on a Wookiee rant. But, and it sounds sanctimonious, sometimes they're self-righteous, sometimes baseball fans. But when it comes to this situation, Astros cheated. Them cheating, we'll never know if it's why they won the World Series. But there's no way to say that they wouldn't have won it either. You can't right. prove it one way or the other. But we know they cheated. They oh, like, cheated. Just like with the Patriots, like the thing, the thing you can prove is that they cheated. That's what I'm so, saying. And any time you talk to a Patriot fan, the moment you bring, see, I love, like I guess so I said, I love the truth because you can't hide from it. And when I talk to any of these bastards and I tell them the truth, your team cheated. They're like, oh, well, uh, well, everyone does it. Uh. That did, did, I was I talking about everybody else? Or was I talking about your team? Your team cheated, just like the Astros and a lot of the Houston fans. I live in Houston, all all trying to deny. Well, you know, this is part of the game. No, it's not. People don't sit around smashing trash cans, letting the 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 batter know what type of signals come, what type of pitch is coming. You cheated. That's not right. You win. You're competitive, but you don't try to take an edge. And that is where organizations should get blasted. And obviously, I'm bringing this up because the Patriots still walk around with their heads up in the air like they're something special. You're a bunch of cheaters. And then what happened this year <laughs> did the same thing. They got. I mean, it's just hard to sometimes wrap your mind around. The only like, for instance, I watched uh, an episode and a half, Mike, of the documentary that's on Netflix. Just came out today, the Aaron Hernandez documentary. And I, I would I would suggest this for anyone to watch. Wookie's gonna watch it, yep. Mike. You'll you'll definitely really in, enjoy. It. Just it's a well done documentary, but it has nothing to do if you like the Patriots or you don't. Right. You'll you'll enjoy this because it gets into him, his psyche, what the, the road he went down before all these things happened. This dude murdered two people in Boston. The timeline played out as they know now. Then went on to get signed forty million dollars, play a whole season for the Patriots. <laughs> after he already murdered a couple of people, and that, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not got, and I'm not, I'm not in the world where I'm putting that on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't murder. Right, right, right. All right. I'm saying is that being 
self-righteous when even when you watch this documentary saying there's a Patriot way and putting these right. teams on this pedestal when you look at the fact that hold on a second hold on a second why are we acting like teams didn't get caught cheating when they did right twice yep. two different times now a third time this year what, what are we doing why do we do that why with specific scenarios do we decide as a culture to pretend like it didn't happen right because right. that's easier yeah you know because when because if you mike like mike said if you do bring it up you seem like someone who's just crying over spilled milk right you seem like a fan who's trying to be a hater right you seem like someone that's not being objective right when in reality it's like no wait hold on a second <laughs> yeah. you, you, you you keep getting caught out there. Like if, if all of us play something, oh, me and my friends, all of us, super competitive, right? Guys, all of us, every single oh, one yeah. of us. We have a fantasy football league. If someone got caught cheating a couple of different times, in our fantasy league, we'd kick you out. Gone. I won't go into detail, guys. That did happen once, didn't it? it did. Okay, we now this is now I know that the listeners probably want to hear some of this background, deep personal stuff. <laughs> we don't gotta go we, we don't have to go into detail. No. Okay, about Rosengate. Yeah. There was a okay, lot about there was me, a couple of gates recently. About a team getting the machines getting cheated out of a Super Bowl. Guys. Yeah. It happens. It does. Okay, it happens, but guess what? That happened. Shane followed. And that person's no longer with us. Right. Okay, no, they're alive. No, yeah. As a human. Well, yes. Their yeah. heart's still beating. Yeah. They're yeah. no longer with us in the league. Yeah. Okay, so that's just in a fantasy football league. We have more of an ethical approach than the NFL. I'm does. telling you. In a fantasy I'm football league. And you read, Keith, you read that, that whole article about Mike Martz and then the Goodell and them trying to destroy the evidence. That's incredible stuff, man. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is. This is on some other stuff, man. What an incredible... So anyway, thought that was a good topic to bring up. Let all everybody understand. You can see, look at baseball. Congratulations. I applaud Rob Manford and Major League Baseball with the stance they've taken. I'm a Met fan. And we may lose our manager, uh, Carlos Beltran. And if he steps down, so be it. Because he 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 cheated too. And, and yeah, not to not to be that guy. He could have to go down that road, can bro. You, can you imagine if if he does get fired before he even started? <laughs> you know, you know what the memes are going to be. It's what it is, man. It is what it is. Yo, I don't want. I don't want like a lot of Jeff. A lot of people be like, yo, I, you know what? I don't mind. We cheat. I don't want my team to cheat. I don't. Honest, this is me. I'm talking. But I yo, don't you know what? And we we spoke about this, guys. We spoke about this before we went on air. I, I, it's, it, I'm in a I'm in a gray area with this because right. I also don't want my team to be cheaters. But how I look at it is that Cora, as the Wookiee knows, yeah. Cora was basically seems to be the mastermind behind yeah. this all, right? right? Yes. Okay, the GM, other people were involved in this. Don't get don't get me wrong. Yep. But the players now, Carlos Beltran was the veteran on the team. Who knows if he's was involved, wasn't involved, if he was getting signs, but he's just a player, right? So I I don't know how it translate over to him having to. For instance, why does he, as a player, have to accept the guilt for that entire team? Because right. what, yo, all those players are still playing baseball. Right. Yeah, they're not. They're not going to get released from the Astros. Yeah, well, like, so why that, was that's he my, the only name that was leaked. That's out. my, that's my, that's my only, only name leaked out. And isn't that? Isn't that? Yeah. Isn't that just like yep. slightly objectively look at it? It's a little weird. Yeah, it, it, yeah you like, know, because there's all these other guys that are players, nothing, right. and this dude has. It's, it's a little, but yeah. yo, whatever the Mets do, it'll it'll go how it'll go. And I'm not going to criticize them, but I don't want them to, Mike, make a decision based off, which they've done other times, and make negative decisions based off people and chatter. People saying you should do this or you should do this, shouldn't do this. If they think Beltran's going to be our best coach, if he was a coach and this happened, we just hired him, I'd be like, you have to fire this dude. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't think there's any way yeah. around it, right? right? 
but he's never even coached the game. He's just a, to me, it's, it's a little more of a gray area, but going from baseball back to the New York Jets, the topic on the table today that we're going to get into, just touch on it, just give you a little base thoughts on these things, yep. guys, because there's much to occur in front of us here, um, still with the Jets offseason before the NFL draft starts, is all the Jets free agents that we have floating around out there. Now, some of these guys are no-brainers that we're not going to bring back, like a Trevor Simeon. There's guys like uh, Brian Poolmike and Robbie Anderson and Beecham. There's other dudes that the Jets probably will have interest in, that they will be talking to. I think you said maybe to bring Beecham back, because if they can draft two other good offensive linemen and sign one, right. Beecham is decent enough if he's healthy, where you can maybe have a good offensive line. But Mike, what do you think when it comes to these free agents going into next year? The Jets are going to be sitting about Last time I looked at projected salary cap for the opening for the Jets will be about $55 million, I think. That's how much room they'll have. Right. So what do you think when it comes to our guys that are going into free agency? Who do you think they should bring back? Who do you think they shouldn't bring back, Mike? What are your thoughts? So you're right about where our cap number is. Now remember, they're most likely going to have to cut Brian Winters. It's going to free up about $7 million right there. They're going to probably cut Tremaine Johnson. That's going to free about $3 million. So there's a little... And also, Mike... Mike, they also might trade Lev. Possible. And I know... Possible. I'm, I, yeah. I'm 50 I'm fifty percent on that, bro. I just want them to go to a place where they're going to use them. Yeah. If, if, if Gates uses them more next year, God bless him. I still think that football. if they could get a good offensive line, though, oh, that yeah. he could be... I don't know what it is, bro. I know his stats this year were like garbage to stare at. But I think if they had it... Because the reason I say this, Mike, is because one of these free agents that we have coming up is Bilal again. Now, when Bilal Powell got the ball this year, he was good. Yeah. yeah. He, yep. Just like he, Mike, he did what he always did this year, didn't he? Below, he did. he's one of these guys on the list here that's going to come up, and I think they should bring him back. I know Montgomery maybe will just sign as like a decoy or something, but he didn't do anything like we just as the backup. We just used Bilal, right. and the game that um, Lev didn't play, he just played. You yep. know, he did well. So um, that's a guy I think they should bring back. And I, you know, if they do lose Bell and they're going to go with the committee, or they're going to bring in someone at not the level of Lev. But just so you can get for a cheaper number. I don't know who that is. Or if they draft somebody, I think Bilal is a good guy to bring back. What do you think with him? He's going to bring him back. Yeah, Bilal Powell. I personally probably would bring him back. To be honest with you, if Bell or Bell does not come back, I think Bilal Powell is a guy who has been entrenched within our organization. He understands what it is like to be a New York Jet to play in this city and the expectations of the fans. He cost about a million. Uh, million last year as un, uh, he'll, he'll be a free agent this year I would definitely sign him to another contract like something around that worth for him and have him either as a complimentary piece or if needed to be the workhorse then so be it I would like to see a guy like Bilal Powell the way Gase was using him and the way the offensive line was I don't think he's a terrible back I think he's a pretty decent back so I would actually like to bring him back and then regards to Kelvin Beecham I never really heard what you said and your thoughts were on it he's 30 years old left tackle he cost about 8 million last year if we can get him around the same price Okay, I think he's depth. I think he could be right tackle. I think he's somebody that could transition the new left tackle to starting and helping to protect Sam. You never want to get rid of talent. And he's a guy who's an average tackle. And I think that at his age and his cost, I would bring him back. What are your thoughts? Well, this is what you got to look at. I mean, you got to look at what's going to go on when it comes to the free agent market. And, you know, there's not that many amazing tackles out there. They're out there to be signed. Um, you got the dude from Indianapolis. 
Um, I think, what's his name from, uh, I think Whitworth will be available. He's kind of old, though. All I'm saying, Mike, is you got to look at the money because Beecham's not that bad. But an $8 million is kind of like you're going right for, I guess, your average left tackle. You got quarterbacks and left tackles and defensive ends and quarterback and cornerbacks. Right. Those four positions get paid the most, pretty right. much. Even your average guy is going to get an okay salary. Yep. I think Beecham's okay. The thing is that he got was injured last year a bit. And I don't know if he's someone that's good enough that you, you you give a big contract to. Because if he's unrestricted, maybe there's a team that's going to give him three or four years. Yep. Do you want to commit to him? This guy? No, I don't think. Maybe two years at tops, but not not not. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. That's, I mean, that, that makes more sense then. I mean, if you're going to give him a short-term contract, it's probably not that, that big a deal. If you get, Maybe you give him two years um, and see what the story is. What do you think, Mike? What do you think they're going to do with Demarius Thomas? He's 32 years old. Probably did a little bit better this year than we thought he would do. Right. I don't. He's probably not going to come back next year. I don't think they will bring him back. But do you think he's someone that has a shot? I mean, this year only made about he made about three million dollars this year. Had about five hundred yards receiving, big target. But thirty-two years old, he'll be thirty-three next year, Mike. I think he's probably out the door. Yeah, I think he may be heading to Los Huevos. I like Demarius Thomas a lot, actually, uh, compared to to what he actually was able to do on the field. There were a couple of games there that Sam really liked him uh, and targeted him in the red zone. If they were to sign him to a, the minimum vet veteran the veteran minimum i would bring him back to camp why not for a year you know if he was going to come back but i definitely think at his age 33 i mean you remember plexico when he shot himself he was like 34 usually cats like that yeah 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 he did he did he did he did he shot him he shot himself in the leg he went to yeah he went to he went to jail he came back he was like 33 34 and then you know, that that was it. But not everybody is like Larry Fitzgerald coming back for a 17th season in the NFL for 2020. Unbelievable, Larry Yeah, what Fitz. do you think about our boy, Neville Hewitt, who will be an unrestricted free agent? I mean, obviously he put himself on the radar of a lot of teams this year. A restricted free agent that we also have is Burgess who I thought played pretty good this year, too. James Burgess, he's 26 years old. Um, Neville, Neville Hewitt's clocking in at 27 years old. I would really like a Jets to bring both those guys back. I mean, when you look at some of the pieces, Mike, the, some of the guys that played this year that otherwise wouldn't have played because of all the injuries we had on defense, all those guys came in. Obviously, they ended up finishing 7th overall when it comes to yards in the league, so that's pretty good. And then they were number two against the run. So, I mean, these linebackers that a lot of people don't know about, like Burgess, like Hewitt, I mean, I thought they played really well, and I, I would like them both to come back. we got to see what the cap number is. You might only be able to bring back one of those two guys. If you could bring back just one of them, I think they'd probably go... I don't know. I seem like they might go. It's actually a coin flip, Mike, because I was going to say they go with Hewitt, but Burgess played really well, man, when he was in there for most of the end of the season. Well, Burgess is a restricted free agent, so I think the Jets can definitely they could match. Back. Yeah, they could definitely. match. And he only made he only made about seven hundred thousand dollars this year, so oh, we'll see what yeah, happens. With this. Yeah, and and I, honestly, look, the two positions on the Jets that I feel that we have a lot of depth is defensive line and linebacker, middle linebacker specifically. I think that Avery Williamson is either going to be cut or he'll have to restructure his contract because if they cut him, they save, I think, six to eight million, somewhere in that range. Um, I like Avery Williamson a lot and I would like him back along with Avery, um, along with CJ Mosley. But the depth that they have with guys like Burgess, with Neville Hewitt, with Cashman, 
they've got a pretty good linebacking core there in the middle linebacker. So I, I would, just like you, I would agree. I would try to bring all those guys back. One guy I would absolutely not bring back, and I know he won't be back, and I know you're not going to want him back, is Ryan Khalil. God bless his heart. Hey, he tried. You know what? It's called, you know what? You get you get a nice little pat on the back for your effort. Thanks for coming in. Hey, if you guys have a special season coming out of retirement, made it, you know, made it worth it for him. You know what Khalil to, was? Yeah. Khalil's the guy who shows yeah. up at like the pickup basketball game, right? And everyone knows him that he was a legend like eight years ago. Oh, that guy used to come here and rip it. Yep. Gets on the court immediately. Achilles explodes. Yeah. Like a fr- yeah. he set yo not even shooting, setting a pick. Yeah. He sets a pick and drops, yep. and you're like, wait a minute. He's like, oh my god, I'm just I can't do it anymore. No, I don't have. It's it. like, all right, why'd you waste our time? I don't. That's the only. I so Khalil's gone. So 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 Robbie Anderson, what do you do? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? That is now. I think it's not the elephant in the room, but to me, the other unrestricted free agent. Because obviously, we don't really care about Trevor Simeon. Copeland is not a bad player, right? Um, but he's he's not someone you're stressing out too much about. Kovale, you don't care too much about. The only other guy besides Robbie, we'll get to Robbie in one second, is Brian Poole, Mike. Who I thought, like, oh, you, yes. who you shouted out oh, all yes. year, Mike was the same. Poole was playing great, and he did play pretty good this year. And he was so much better than Buster Screen. I thought Brian Poole played great. So that's another guy we got to look at trying to bring back. I think he played really good this year. Elephant uh, in the yeah. room, though, Robbie Anderson, Mike. Uh, what is he going to be looking for? Money we're going to be in a tough spot because, look, <sighs> Robbie, is, Robbie right now is 27. Okay, so he's at this contract right here. Is the one he needs. This to is on. his Jerry Maguire Cuba Gooding contract. Yep. You know this right. is this, this is his, this is the way he's setting yep. himself up for life because yep. you know he was somebody that wasn't drafted. Right. So those first years of his career, he's making like less than a mil. Yep. He's making barely over a mil. This year he only made he, only, he barely made three million. Yep. So you look at it, you're like, damn. You know what? For Robbie's a pretty good player. Right. As much as we joke around about him, he's on my team in fantasy. We yep. all know Robbie's a pretty good receiver. The thing with Robbie is that, and me and Mike have discussed this many times. We've texted about it a ton of times. I think if he's on a team that has one of those high-powered offenses, if he's on the Chiefs right. and he has one of those type of quarterbacks, if he's going to go out there and be out there with like Russell Wilson, if he's going to be in one of those offenses that you know has other weapons. Yeah. Where they can't completely scheme just for him, oh, he'll right? Be, he'll be really and you have this top. And I'm not saying Sam can't be, right? But he's yet to be a Mahomes, right? You know, Mahomes had 50 touchdowns his first year playing. Oh. So what's what I'm saying? If he goes one of those upright, even went to the Texans, one of those teams where you're like, right. this quarterback is ridiculous. He could be really good. Oh, I think absolutely. he could have 1,200 yards, but I I don't think he's someone that could necessarily run the most routes. He's not going to catch a ball over the middle. Right. You know, he's not going to catch a ball over the middle like a Metcalf, right? Yeah. Or some of these other receivers and get hit yeah. and spin and run for a touchdown. Robbie catches the ball, gets hit, he goes down. Yeah. Robbie catches the, the ball, gets hit. The thing is about him is that, it, but what about what he did? Okay, let me, I everything you said I agree with 100%. The thing about Robbie that is intangible value is that when he gets on the field, the defense has to game plan for a guy like that. He's like that Deshaun Jackson, that Tyreek Hill type cat who can take the top off of the defense. So he opens up opportunities for other receivers. Now, we haven't had any really great receivers besides Robbie and now Crowder this year. Crowder played good. And with the, and Crowder played pretty good. But it's like this homegrown guy. I mean, I guess my point to you is, where's your ceiling? What's your max? If you're Joe Douglas, what do you, what are you, what are you going to tell him? So, to, for context, 
Crowder, we signed him, I think, $9 million a year or $10 million, right around that. That's what you know Crowder what? was. Can I, can I just you interject, can I interject one thing, Mike? If Anunwa does retire or because of injury can't continue to play, that money isn't going to be on the books next year. And he's paid around $8 million a year. So, yeah. I think that they say you transfer that. Say Robbie's making three now. Yep. Say you transfer six of that eight over to Robbie, and he's making nine or ten, and they give him, all right, we're going to give you a four-year contract, yep. $38 million, $20 million guaranteed, or something of that, that nature. That should get it done. That's a realistic contract offer to him. That's yep. good. I just you. don't know. I just I think everyone keeps forgetting about a noon one because he does have spinal stenosis. I don't think he's gonna play playing football anymore. Yeah. When you get that I don't diagnosis, think he should. and I, I joked around about it when we were on CJ's podcast. Well, right. Spinal stenosis. Don't call Steve Austin at that. I yeah. know he's a wrestler. He stopped wrestling when he was like thirty eight. Right. Dude, we're thirty eight. Yeah. There's wrestlers or fifty who wrestle. Yeah. There's football players like who play till past forty. You know. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a narrowing of your spine, dude. So like you shouldn't continue to play when you right. have that. He's going to be told to not play football. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If and we don't know what's going to happen next year. But if that money comes off the books, it's kind of this money no one's talking about. Right. It won't, Mike, it won't count against the cap like a, like when right. someone you just released or whatever the case may be. That's insured. So all that money comes off the books. The Jets can then use some of that money maybe to sign Robbie. Robbie. Yep. You know, or who knows? Amari Cooper's out there in free agency. They're going to have a high draft pick. I don't think they're going to use pick number 11 on a wide receiver. But when it comes to the second and those two third round picks, this is the draft of the wide receiver. Yep. I mean, all you're hearing is this kid. Did you see that kid, Jefferson? In the <laughs> National. Unbelievable, man. We could get him in the second. This is what I'm saying. So there's guys out there that when you have Crowder, who's not that bad if you draft wisely and you bring in a nice little free agent. I mean, but also, hey. If they brought back Robbie and Howard Crowder and they drafted a good young receiver, then if you're in a good spot. 11, you, you take Judy. Oh, if he's there at if 11, he, Judy, you're going to be in a tough spot. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be in a tough spot. At you know why? Man, you know why? Because man, man. it's so glaring. Yeah. Our need at offensive line. Yeah. And the need of receivers also there. Yeah. It's just not. As much as you're on like the list, dude. Yeah. It's so much further down Especially the list. Especially if you're playing on keeping love. That's what puts you. Yeah. And that's what puts you in a tough spot. So now. <laughs> In our, you know, in, in a lot of drafts and a lot of GMs, where they look at his health, you don't draft for need like Mike says. You draft the best player. Right. If Judy's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, like everyone says, who knows? <laughs> but um, it, it does put the Jets in a tough spot, though. If that happens like yeah. that. All right, all right, Keith, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for the rest of these free agents. I'm just gonna be like, hey, say yes or no if you want to keep them. If you think we can keep them or not. All right. So Rontez Miles. Yes. Okay, I agree. Tom Compton. Peace. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later, Compton. <laughs> Daniel Brown. Oh, he can go, too. He's another Michael K. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ty Montgomery. Montgomery's gone. All right. Uh, David Fails. Fails? David Fails. <laughs> Mike, no one even knows who Fails is. That is. A kicker? is he the Jordan, Jordan Jenkins, I say bring him back and pay that man. That's, you know, Eight sack. I pay him. You know, he actually, and I can't say this in one word, because he slipped through the cracks just now when we were talking about the, uh, the, the free agents going up. Jordan Jenkins every year is pretty consistent. 26 years old. Eight sacks again this year. Yep. Mike, you know what it is with Jenkins? He's just like so under the radar that he's one of those typical football players that a lot, and most teams have them. Right. Unless you root for that team, people don't really know about him. Yep. And then if you tell someone, look at the stats, like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Right. You know, and every yep. team has those dudes. And he's kind of our guy like that. Again, this year, and he missed yep. three or four games earlier in the season. Still ended up with eight sacks. If he plays the whole season, he's probably going to have double-digit sacks. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, he led our team in sacks easily this year again. He was tied for the lead last year. So that's somebody that I think other teams will definitely have interest in him, Mike. Because he's made a name for himself. I think he's done really well. So Jenkins, to me, is a yes. I'd love to bring him back. Oh, yeah. Huge. Me too. Maurice Kennedy, cornerback. From the from the he's the guy from uh, the CFL I think he is. Uh no he can he can go back to the CFL. Alex Lewis guard. Oh Lewis, what you bring back? Lewis didn't play that bad as the year right. went on to. Well, uh, Arthur Millette. Oh Millette, I need back. Party party in the rear. I need Millette. I know I'm not saying Millette was legend, but he wasn't that bad. He had some big tackles and some big plays as the year went on, man. Yep, I'd love to bring him back. Brandon Shell, I want him out. Now you he's know done. what's bad for Shell. Mike was Mike was on Team Shell coming into this year. Oh no, Mike, was. Had, Mike had his back. I'm pissed. No, Mike no. had Mike had stats for him. Uh-oh. Mike supported him, but he did not come through this year. And I totally no. agree, Mike. He has to go. And the wrong tight. I'm tight. Lachlan Edwards. Oh, Lock is a legend. Yeah, you gotta bring. Him <laughs> <back>. <laughs> yo, I need Lachlan back. He has to say that name every broadcast. And yo, he <laughs> averages the, every year. He's like averaging more yards per punt. Somehow, he's, yeah. I love Locke. Frankie Louvu. I, I want as much Frankie Louvu in my life as I can get. What about Sam Thicken? Oh, stop it. <laughs> you have another kicker? <laughs> stop it, Sam Thicken. Yo, Sam Thicken looks like the dude that comes out of the back of Home Depot driving the forklift. Yep. And he hits, like, the side of the, the shelves. And everything shakes. Down. Everyone's like, he's like, oh, my bad, bro. Yeah. Then he keep, like, that's what Sam Ficken looks get like. That. He looks like every waiter at Red Lobster. Yeah. 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 Bellhop. He looks like a bellhop. Like when, or like when you pull up to an, like an airport, like somebody that would grab your luggage and bring it in. Yeah. Go, exactly. Yeah. He looks like that. Or your computers go down at work. The guy that shows up, Sam Ficken. <laughs> yes. Like to fix it. And you're like, yo, this is the IT guy. You look like Sam Ficken. He's <laughs> Like World of Warcraft Championship, of World of Warcraft Championship Finals. Yeah, Sam Ficken versus Sam Ficken. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? that's what it looks like. Ficken is Ficken. Ficken <laughs> is yeah, man. He's he's he's, um, he's done. Yo, he's Mike, done. but hold on, hold on. But the answer on Ficken is no. Absolutely, I uh, couldn't agree more. Just to no. make it clear, that's all we got for you guys. Now we're gonna get into the fact that your boy here took me a week back on track. Now went three and one last week. We're gonna talk about last week's games. Talk about these two conference championship games coming up. Let's get into it. ABG playoff chatter. Let's go. It's a situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. So last week's playoff games, entertaining, fun. Chiefs versus Texans was absolutely insane. Packer game, amazing. Titan versus Ravens ended up being a yep. beatdown. 49ers didn't alert, but it was close for a little while. Right. Mike, I don't even know where to start. I'm going to save that Chiefs-Texans game for yeah. last, Mike, if you don't mind. Let's talk about Vikings and the Niners to start off with. I agree with you guys last week. When we were talking about this game, we were picking games. We all kind of thought it was pretty much a 50-50 game. Yep. Kind of tough to call. But if you look on paper, the Vikings had this year, statistically, when it comes to offense and defense, um, you know, they seemed at least to be... Very formidable. Right. They had played a big game the week before. Yep. Cousins seemed like he was rolling. And the Niners are 13-3, and three, but like we were saying, it's always hard to trust those teams that are to trust those teams that go from a really, really bad year, like a 4-12, and 12, then go 13-3 and three in your head. You're like, what's the reality? Right. What is that team? What's the real team? I know they're playing at home. I know they've been doing great this year. Their offense has been pretty good, even though Jim and G, Jimmy G were all kind of like, all right. Yeah. You know, their defense has all these dudes, tremendous, playing great, but it came down to the fact that the Vikings did not get anything done on offense. No. 
And the Niners in the second half kind of put it on yeah. cruise control, Mike. The home field advantage wasn't that big of a deal, even though the crowd was pretty good. But the Niners looked great. I thought they pretty much dominated most of the game. Um, they had the ball most of the game. They come away with a 27-10 win. And what can you say, dude? Like, I know that we kind of doubted Jimmy G. He only threw 19 passes. Yeah, after hit. that pick, all of a sudden... The coaches started handing the ball exactly. off the play. <laughs> and you know, it was one of the... He's like, Jim, Jimmy's not losing me this It wasn't game. like a pretty game, you know. Um, you had Tevin Coleman had two touchdowns for the Niners. Yep. Um, and they had one passing touchdown and a couple field goals. But they got the job done. Two sacks from Bosa. On the Vikings side of the ball, Cousins was 21-29, 172 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The thing with the Vikings is that they could not run the ball. And when you look at it, the, the the Niners were able to you know to hold on to the ball, have those long drives. Only ten rushing attempts the whole day for the Vikings. Think about that, guys. And that team that basically kind of similar to the Titans, right down the stretch or most of the year, ran the ball really well. Yeah. They would use the running game to set up their passing game, mm-hmm. and they really ran the rock pretty hard towards the end of the year. But only nine carries for eighteen yards for Dalvin Cook, That's which is real surprising. Thielen five catches for fifty. Diggs had a touchdown, two catches, 57 yards for Diggs, but the Niners were able to hold it down. I, I think that uh, you know that's a, that's a tough that was a tough game to call, but they're out there NFC Championship game next week, and they're going to be going up against the Green Bay Packers, who yep. pulled one out, Mike, against the Seahawks. Two great quarterbacks um, doing it out, and for whatever reason, the Packers and the Seahawks, for whatever reason, always have dramatic games. The Seahawks have managed to come back and destroy the souls of Packer fans yeah. multiple times yeah, they have. with multiple end-of-the-game maneuvers, multiple comebacks in the playoffs. Russell Wilson has been able to orchestrate. Um, they, they, were those, they were able to score six points there in the, in the fourth quarter. They had the ball again. They couldn't do anything with it. I thought Aaron Rodgers played a good game. Russell Wilson also played great, but Rodgers, two touchdowns, 243 yards, two touchdowns rushing for Aaron Jones, who now on the season, counting the playoffs, Mike, has 22 touchdowns. That's bonkers, and that game wasn't built around uh, Jones. It was built around Devontae Adams, who it seemed like every single pass in the first half went to him, Mike. Every time I looked up, eight catches, 160, two touchdowns for him. And that's the reason why the Packers have been so dangerous is because Aaron Rodgers has a weapon right now at running back that by himself, even if the play is kind of broken down and the blockers don't help him, can create something and do something amazing. Aaron Jones is really spectacular. Devontae Adams was great. Um, the Packers' defense played played well down the stretch. And the Seahawks weren't able to get it done. I know both of you guys thought the Seahawks would take him out. Your boy, though. <laughs> Your boy here went ahead and took Aaron... He knew, he knew Old Faithful would step up, the old gunslinger in Green Bay would step up to the plate and get the job done, and that's exactly what happened, guys. So next next week, we got 49ers, Packers. That's going to be a good one. That's pretty good. That's going to be a good that's one. That's a pretty good NFC championship. That's a good NFC championship. That is good. Yeah, I thought the Seahawks were going to be able to pull that out, and they were making a comeback there, but uh, they fell short. We're taught Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, I can't speak enough about Aaron Jones and what he's been able to do. Uh, I think the coaching staff there for the Packers has done a tremendous job with getting the team to be able to execute at the highest level and getting the best football out of Aaron Rodgers, which Mike McCarthy was not doing, and now he's over there in Big Diesel. <laughs> um, 
But I think the Packers are going to be a very difficult team to beat. And I don't know if we're doing predictions already before we get into the NFC, AFC, but I'm just not a fan of San Francisco and watch them end up winning the Super Bowl. I'm just not a fan. I'm not. A, I know they got a great defense. They played great. I, honestly, that game, I look at Kirk Cousins. I look at the way their inability to run the ball. And I think the Vikings really just laid an egg, man. And it's pretty sad. Uh, so San Francisco won. Congratulations. Now you got to go play Aaron Rodgers in an NFC Championship game. My money's on Aaron That's going to be absolutely awesome, dude. I cannot wait for that. Now, when we get over to the AFC here, the biggest upset I can remember in a minute. Now, the Pats getting taken out by the Titans, that was a big upset. Yep. Don't get me wrong. But I think the way that this year has gone for the Pats, especially, say, those last four or five games, their offense wasn't really able to get too much done there. And the way their offense played and the way their team played in the playoffs was similar to how they played down the stretch. So even though that was an upset, right. even though it's the Patriots in the playoffs, I think this Raven upset by the Titans is a way bigger upset. Oh, that upset. was unbelievable. I mean, they were able. Derek Henry. Like I put the stats out on our on our our chat with all our friends the other day. Our football chat. We got sixteen of our buddies on there who are all psychopathic football addicts. And what we do is talk football all day, three hundred sixty-five days a year, twenty-four-seven. No, I'm yeah. not kidding. But Derek Henry has he's over twenty-three hundred, twelve hundred yards. I should say in the past eight games. It projects it over sixteen games to over twenty-three, twenty-four hundred yards over a whole season. He has thirty carries. For 195 yards against the Ravens. Mike, Tannehill only attempted 14 passes. I know. He's doing what Mark Sanchez did with, with <laughs> exactly. the Jets. Exactly. I mean, he, he, and and when people say, I, I, I this narrative, I want to get, let me segue to the Jets real quick and Adam Gase. I am not, and I repeat, I am not an Adam Gase apologist. I do not like the man. I don't want him to be the coach. But when I hear these narratives about, look how well uh, Tannehill is playing after he left Adam Gase, it has to be the, for the fact that Adam Gase was holding him back. If you actually look and decide to do work and see Tannehill's stats throughout his entire career, his stats actually got better under Gase his first year. He wasn't entirely healthy the entire time under Gase, but his first three years in the league, he didn't play with Adam Gase. And he wasn't a good quarterback. What he, why he is a good quarterback or looks like a good quarterback right now is because he has a running game that he has never had before. He has an offensive line. He has a defense now that is playing out of their mind. He has the right system. And Aaron, and Ryan Tannehill, is, is he a spectacular quarterback? No. But he's a good quarterback. And he's a good quarterback that, given in the right situation, can take advantage. And what that's what you're seeing right now with the Tennessee Titans, who I have to admit, Keith, I don't like the Patriots. You already know Mike Vrabel is impressing me as a coach, really impressing me with the coach with situational awareness. Did you see that pass that that Derrick Henry? He called up that play. Derrick Henry went and jumped, jumped up in the air and threw that touchdown pass. I said, look at this cat. Knows how to call. I mean, he is calling the right plays at the right time to get his team in a position to win. Vrabel is impressing me. Good coaching, good talent in the areas that you need with a decent quarterback, and you got yourselves a super an upset, the first six seed to be the first seed since the New York Jets went into Gillette Stadium and beat the Cheaters back in 2011. Oh, and you know what was tremendous is they were forced their production team to go ahead and say, hey. 
here's the last time this happened. Yeah. Bam. I'm seeing Jets highlights. Yep. All of a sudden, yep. start, all of a sudden I start having blood rush to places oh, yeah. in my body. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying, guys? <laughs> that we're not going to get into. I started feeling good. Yep. I was like, oh, look at that. That's what it was like. Well, we were just shocking the world. Yep. And I'm not going to get into details. That was tremendous, guys. 10 L, 7 for 14. Two touchdowns, only 88 yards. Derrick Henry with the passing touchdown which was crazy. Let's give a little props to Lamar Jackson. I know, I mean, I don't think he played really well in the first half especially. Right. But still, he had 508 yards total offense. Right. And two interceptions killed him. But he had a touchdown. He ran for 143 yards. Um, Brown, 126 yards receiving. But they were not able to get the job done again, the Ravens. And this Lamar Jackson era now, he started off 0-2 in the playoffs. That's... But the game of the week... Guys, Texans Chiefs. Unbelievable. Absolutely, completely ridiculous game. They they went on a fifty-one to seven run. Yeah, I mean they scored <laughs> what? They scored four touchdowns in the third in the second quarter. They said on the Michael K show today, Trey Wingo said that that is the first time in NFL history that a team has scored a touchdown on seven consecutive uh, drives, and the first time a team has scored on eight consecutive drives. It's unreal. What he yeah, and I'm gonna do. I'm gonna let Mike go ahead and just lay in to Jim O'Brien in a moment. But before <laughs> we do that, I just want to give a little tip of the hat to Pat Mahomes. Five touchdowns, 321 yards. The teams go ahead. They go down three touchdowns real quick. They were getting their butts kicked there. I think it was 24 nothing Mike yep. before they started their comeback, right? And yes. they scored 28 points in a row, four consecutive touchdowns. They come back to start the second half off. Don't stop. No. Nothing stops. I mean, that was absolutely crazy. Yeah. 51-31 was the final score, guys. Um, Deshaun Watson ended up with 388 yards and two touchdowns. But it didn't even matter because his defense couldn't stop the Chiefs nope. at all. Nope. After those first few possessions, I mean, Sick. Mike. They're up 24 to nothing. Okay? 24 to nothing in the first quarter. And the page, uh, Chiefs. Run down, they, they get a great field return. Two plays, touchdown. Now it's all of a sudden it's 24 to 7. You're up 24 to 7, right? With, uh, I forget how much time they had left. They had, it was nine minutes and 55 seconds left in the second quarter. Okay? And it's fourth down again. And on your own 30. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. You go for it. A fake punt, and you get turnover on downs, and the dudes go right down the field and score a touchdown within a minute and 25 seconds. So they've literally scored two touchdowns in less than two minutes. Do you realize that, Keith? In less than two minutes, the Chiefs scored 14 points. Then the then now 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 you got a lot of this energy. Oh, now the Chiefs are coming. What happens? They punt. What happens again? Two-minute drive, touchdown. So, less than six minutes of Chiefs football, of the Chiefs actually having the ball, they scored 21 points. 21. I mean, they, they chopped the lead in half and took two minutes. Yep. Good job. Good job, O'Brien. I, I know the blogs, the sportscasters, the fans in Houston have been brutalizing yep. Jim O'Brien, as they should. Because yep. you got to use your head. You can't be a moron in the playoffs when you're up that many points and go ahead and say, hey, you know what I'm going to do to one of the best offenses in the league? Yes. Go for this fake punt. Yeah. If I don't get it, who cares? Yeah, we'll stop him. You're, not, you're an 11-year-old in Nebraska playing Madden online versus someone. 
I mean, that, that's the way you coach that team. Oh. And I don't, I don't like it. I don't respect him. I think he's a jabroni. And the comeback was just absolutely mind-boggling. But what it leads into is Chiefs-Titans next week. They played a couple years ago in the playoffs. It was a really good game. Chiefs came back to win the game by one point. Mike, I know how I want the game to go. I know I want the Chiefs to take this W. It just seems like the Titans have been so hard to stop with Henry. But this this fairy tale run of the Titans, they're not going to beat the Pats, the Ravens, and the Chiefs all in a row. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tennessee. I'm sorry, Titan fans. It's not happening. It's not happening. I know you have Henry. I know your team is great, but, dude, it is just not happening. I see the Chiefs, Mike, next week in this game. Uh, I think they're going to be able to hold it down. They're going to be at home. They play great at home. They have a good home field advantage. I think they're going to walk away with the W. Well, I play um, Survivor, and I got to week 10. And when I lost, I lost because I picked the Chiefs over the Titans. And the Titans beat the Chiefs by three, 35 to 32. And it was a walk-off field goal, I believe, to end the game. This is going to be a battle. And I agree that the Chiefs should walk away with this because they're the better team. But I am someone who does believe in momentum. I look at the New York Giants. I saw it. The Giants, I didn't think, were the best team when they won the Super Bowl either year. But they were the hottest team. And right now... I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to stop this train. Derrick Henry, people who try to stop Derrick Henry from running are legit potentially committing suicide. (laughs) That dude, that dude is trucking cats. Like, he is a freight train that has vision and has a, a great offensive line that is giving him holes to throw. And look, the Chiefs have a pretty good defense, a very good defense, actually, um... And they have the better quarterback by far. Mike Vrabel has been coaching his ass off. Um, right right now, my, my heart, what I want is the Chiefs. But I feel like the Titans are going to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, I mean, that, that last game they played was in Tennessee. Yeah. 35-32. It was. Patrick Mahomes in that game, Mike, threw for 446 yards. Yeah. And he had three touchdowns. And then on the flip side of that, Derrick Henry ran for 188 yards. And that's probably what it's going to come down to. I know that Tannehill had a good game that day, too. He had a couple touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, no one has really been able to shut him down except once or twice this year. And the Titans definitely didn't do it last game. But maybe they'll have some differences and some adjustments this game. That's what makes a good coach, like you said Vrabel is. And then also, when it comes to Derrick Henry, I mean, the second half of the season till now, no team has come close to stopping him. Yep. Not even close. Yep. And when you can run the ball like that, you just suck the clock down. So, I mean, it's, it's really, really tough. But I do see the Chiefs walking away with a W in this one. What do you think, Will? Uh, I see the Chiefs winning by two to three touchdowns. Oh! Because because I know that Mahomes and, and that offense is going to score anywhere between four, seven touchdowns in this game. Yeah. It's, and Henry could have the greatest day ever. I just don't feel that Tannehill and A.J. Brown and company are going to have enough to make up the slack to try to keep up with Mahomes in that offense. Yeah. 
And they're at home. They're actually favored by seven points right now, the Chiefs. Uh, it, it's going to be tough. Which is pretty good. Now, speaking of another team that's favored by seven, that would be San Francisco, who's playing at home versus the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Now, Mike talked about it before. He thinks Green Bay, I, I think what I heard Mike say is he thinks Green Bay is going to go in there and hold it down, take a W. Mike, is that what you feel? I do. Okay. I do. Um, you know, I actually, I'm going to say that I think 49ers are going to come in with a W again in this one. Yeah, they played once this year, and the Niners handled the Green Bay Packers. Yep. That doesn't mean that's what happens in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, gunslinger, bro. Yep. Old Western. You call him out there to the dusty alleyway. Oh. Everyone's peeking out of the brothels, out of the blacks in the shop, no, the chat out of the post weeks. office, yep. out of the sheriff's office. They're peeking out. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers out there. A football on each hip and he's slinging it. Ready. But! Ready. He already got whooped this year by them. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. And very often, more often than not, the team that destroys the team usually does win the next game, even if it's not destruction. Right. So I do like the 49ers a lot, but I don't think in this game they're going to be able to come with a W or get that much done on offense. I'm going to go 49ers. I'll, I'll go with the uh, the old gunslinger. I'll go with Aaron Rodgers, pulling it out somehow. Probably going to be ugly, but I think he has one of those Aaron Rodgers typical mobile on the run throws, something, make something happen at the end. And we get probably we'll get the best ending of any of the uh, playoff games so far. Okay. Now, just just to make re- remind everybody of the standings here, I'm clocking it at four and four now. Yep. You guys are both three and five. Yep. I'm basically exactly average, just barely getting my nose above sea level. Right. Okay. I'm Martin. I'm Martin Sheen in Apocalypse now. Yeah. Poking my head up like that. Yep. You guys are drowning right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're not. You we're need not to get some there. W's. There's points. only two games here in the conference championship. Yep. We'll see how it goes. You both yep. won against me, so this will be a big week, guys. I do want the Super Bowl, though, to be Green Bay Chiefs, be like great. Mike was saying before, because that would just be a blast. Mm-hmm. I would love that. That's that would what be I want. a fun Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that'd be a lot that'd of fun. Be, that'd be and fun. we'll be here next week, guys, talking to you. We're going to have probably CJ on with the next, next week from the formerly known as Jet Factor Podcast. Excuse me. In the future, we'll be known as Weapons Hot. Because CJ got a whole new project he's going to come at you guys with. Okay. But Mike, if anyone does want to listen to us, support us, tweet at us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Well, they can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. You can follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, and the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Talk to you next week. Peace out. Hey, this is Joe Namath, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Very passionate. Very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Call the number leaders.